welcome back to Starring Milana, the podcast. I'm your host, Milana, and if this is your first time listening, welcome. We are a weekly podcast, and usually I'm by myself with Lena in the corner, but today we have a very special guest. That's right. Extra special. Extra special. Very, very special. Consider yourself blessed. Oh, Okay, Pinky went up. By the way, if you um, are listening on the podcast app, there is a visual to this podcast. Visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. Make sure to give a thumbs up, leave a comment, subscribe, all the good stuff. Make sure to leave a rating and a review on this podcast app. And And you don't want to miss the video because I look striking. You look striking. You look hot. Yeah. We're going to get into you in a second. Make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Starring Milana. And make sure to follow this person who I have not introduced yet, but I'm ready, uh, at... Am I introducing myself? I am uh, Gino the Ghost. At um, Gino the Ghost. At Gino the Ghost. G-I-N-O. The only way to spell Gino. The Ghost. Um, yeah. On all socials. Also, this is my boyfriend. <laughs> I am her boyfriend. You, uh, I know. Thank you. Hand clap. Sorry, guys. I know the suspense anyway. was killing you guys. This is my boyfriend. You might he- might have heard me talk about him a few times. Um, good, mostly good, all good things, all good things. Um, he, you can just drink that coffee. I just, I need the energy. Pinky it's, up. It's, yeah, it's a little late here. It's a little late here on the uh, podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm a coffee addict. <sighs> so. Okay, so he's my guest today. I have not had a guest all season long, so this is my first guest. I'm really excited. Um, This is episode six of season two, so we are moving right along. We're on the second week of July, and it's summer, and it's hot, and I fucking feel the heat. Yeah. I feel the heat so much that I got my hair trimmed again. It's shorter than I've been before, but I'm really into it. So if you're watching great. on YouTube, you can see. What Let her know think? in the comments that it looks great. Remember when I chopped off my hair? I do remember. I well, do you remember. were scared. It was not as bad as when I shaved my beard and I looked like a 15-year-old boy. Oh, my God, you guys. I was bamboozled. So yeah, we're dating. almost broke up with me. We're dating like about sure. a, almost like almost a year into our relationship. Mm-hmm. And he had to do this like, um, he had like this job that he had to do and basically had to shave his beard for it. And he was like, I'm, it's during Thanksgiving, so he's going to meet my family first time. I was like, you can't meet my family without your beard. I mean, yeah. your beard makes you, you know. All right. Let's not <laughs> talk crazy. And he shaved it, and he looked about 12 years old and kind of like a baby pedophile at the same time. All right. I look good still. I'm so glad you're not doing that anymore. Look like Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler. You kinda. do look like Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. You're so hot. Let's talk about your glasses. He's wearing glasses. Uh, yeah, so these are uh, Cartier. Uh, I'm from Detroit. And so in Detroit, this is basically like the trophy, right? So these are buffs. They're called buffs uh, because this is buffalo tusk. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Peter. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. I would say no animals were hurt in the making of these glasses, but I would be lying. Um, so sorry about that. But I got to look fresh. I mean, what am I supposed to do? So anyway, um, yeah, I have like six pair of Cardis because uh, that's my addiction is collecting obnoxious glasses. Yeah, and I was kind of complaining at first, and then he's like, how many bags do you have? Stop talking. Right. And I was like, facts. Okay. As a guy, you can only really have... Accessorize like, so yeah, much. I can't, yeah, I mean, I could have a bag, you know. I'm just not the over-the-shoulder fanny pack You're just not a fanny type. packer? No. I'm not that guy, you know. Um, works for some. Yeah, works for, for some. You. Not me. Uh, so I just go with, you know, the chain, the, the, the drip, but I got to have the glasses, and mm-hmm. that's kind of... I pretty much sleep in, in yays, so... So you buy things for yourself. Correct. Let's, anyway. talk about, let's talk about things you buy for me. Guys, if you're watching on YouTube, you can't see because the screen's covering, but my boobs look a little bigger than usual because my boyfriend brought, bought me a bra that was a extra bombshell padded push-up. Let's talk about that. How did you come that, to the conclusion that I needed the extra boost, I just, babe? I, look, I just was in Victoria's Secret, and uh-huh. I, don't know, I don't know shit about bras. <laughs> so that's what I ended up. That's what we landed on. You said this they might have been on sale, so that was probably oh, a contributing factor. Tell me more. Tell me more. We as can you were, the uh-huh. What else do we got to talk about? Um, okay, guys, we're just going to hop straight into the BTS segment. So if you're new here, we have three segments that's starring Milana. The first one is called BTS, where we kind of recap my past week and talk about it. And then the second segment is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the e-media, and we kind of cover it and try to offer a new perspective if there's one to be had. And the third segment is called Drive. 
dropping gems where we pick a topic of the week and we drop a few gems. So let's go into BTS. Because you're my guest, you have to participate in the segments. Okay. So while we talk about the behind the scenes of my week, we talk about your week as well. Okay. So we have shared our week for the most part. We've been together almost like every day of the week. Yeah. Um, let's talk about my cousin's wedding because okay. it was a week ago and it was your first time at like an Armenian wedding wild. of that magnitude, <laughs> it was right? Wild. Yeah, so I'm Italian. Uh, so I'm used to massive, big family gatherings mm-hmm. and lots of food and alcohol. And, uh, and this fit the bill. Uh, there was a lot of alcohol, a lot of food. It was beautiful. It was a great wedding. Thank you. Uh, I was wasted. You were wasted. I thought I, you were going to tap out at 10. No, I don't, you know. Me, I had very low expectations. She might, t- I'm a little washed up, right? So. You are. You're a grandpa. If I'm not in the studio, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to bed at like 11 or 12. Well, because at your cousin's wedding in Michigan, yeah. you tapped out. It was 10.30. I was on like my fourth dirty martini. Michael Jackson was on. I was like dancing my life away. He's like, yo, we're leaving. I'm like, it's 10.30. He's like, we're leaving. Everyone's leaving. Let's go. I'm like, but it's 10.30. So I remember that. And I told him, my cousin's getting married. This is not a 10.30 no. and we're leaving event. This is like all night long. The Armenians don't fuck around. Hey, <laughs> we were getting started at like midnight. And I'm, you know, I had to mentally... You did so well. I I'm, I kind of killed it. My mom I was like, was the MVP my mom was like, I'm embarrassed for you because you need to be like Gino. Gino was see, dancing all night, and I was like, was, what? I, was the the wedding. I mean, I really I tore up the dance floor. You know, it was. Really fun. I never had. I never took my shoes off at a wedding before. Yeah. I put, but I wore sandals. Oh my god, please don't be that girl that's dancing barefoot, like floor in the glass and all yeah, that. It's, it's not, not sexy. Not, not hot. Look. Like that. No. Your dirty ass feet at the end of the night. Let's just bring an extra pair of sandals with us to events. Um, yeah. Put on my sandals, and we had a blast. The morning after, though, so <laughs> we don't want to give away too much because we're not trying to, like, give away everyone's, uh, you know, I don't want to put people on blast is what I'm trying to say. Some people had a little too much fun that night. It but was, I'll give the PG version. It was a shit show. Right. Uh, we, we stayed were, at the yeah, venue. Yeah, we had somebody, a villa. Somebody who was not staying at the venue was not supposed to broke into an empty villa. Mm-hmm. Guess the code. Um, we were like two hours late of checkout. I hit a weed pen once, and I don't smoke weed anymore, so I was just like, I was out of here and useless. Uh, people wouldn't wake up. We no had to wake people up with pans and like pots. I mean, it was honestly an episode of like jackass. Yeah, it was a disaster. It was a disaster. And then we went to IHOP, which was which, worse. Am I what am I white trash? I mean, come oh on. Oh my god! I mean, well, IHOP. We were the we were definitely the most affluent. Oh. We did not belong in an IHOP. I don't want to sound bougie, you know. But, but I'm, you, a, I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a uh, what's it called blue blue. Blue, what? Blue Jam. I'm a Blue Jam guy. Oh, you're a Blue Jam. You know, All of a sudden, I we're too... to breakfast in the jewelry. Okay, you, you move know? to LA, you buy, a, um, you buy a pair of buffs, and now you're too good for a, was, unlimited pancakes. I've never heard this bullshit before. Anyway, we tore up IHOP, and I'm so sorry for the people that work in the... I think it's the Chatsworth location. Yeah, we're probably banned. We were a disaster. We were crawling on the floor. There was people taking tequila shots before the pancakes have arrived. I mean, yeah. I don't know how to describe this group of people. I had a blast with them. You cried. I oh my god, you guys! I cried at IHOP because not laughing, like no, not no, no, crying, not like laughing. like tears she because I needed coffee and they were taking too long to get my coffee and they finally brought me a mug and someone said, "Oh, can I have some coffee?" and I was so nice. I gave them my mug and I didn't have a mug. And I had a pot of coffee with no mug, and I started crying because I really needed to drink coffee. I was getting a migraine, and nobody was bringing me so a mug. So she drank it out. The- <laughs> anyway, basically, we had a fun weekend, and um, yeah, one for the books. Can't wait for the next w- wedding. And then what else did we do, babe? Big Little Lies. So you guys, we watch, there's TV shows that we watch together, and ones that we kind of watch separately, right? Mm-hmm. So like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. He doesn't care about that. Don't, it's don't my life. Um, but Big Little Lies is a show that we are currently watching together. And it's an all-female cast. So a lot of like males don't really want to watch it. They're not inclined to watch it. So I want you to tell everyone how good the show is. It's a great show. I'm a big film nerd. I, uh, we haven't really got into it. But I I'm, wasn't in film for a long time. Uh, so I'm definitely I'm a stickler. When it comes to TV and mm-hmm. writing, and it's yeah, it's phenomenal. The it's cast very is incredible. Well written. The writing is great. It's I don't shot. know how they have the awesome. budget for that cast. Well, it's you know, it's it's a huge it's cast. HBO. 
That's true. They can do yeah, it. They can they afford have it. no budget. Yeah. Right. And then Stranger Things is just came out. Okay, I so haven't watched it yet. we haven't watched it, but that is a show that we watched together. And I think I spoke to you guys about this in earlier episodes. I don't like shit that makes me jump and I won't watch it. Like if it's scary or like jumpy or gives me anxiety or like makes my blood boil, I just won't watch it. But this is one of the shows that I watch. Yeah, it's uh, you know, <coughs> it, the second season was anything. Hey, it's a fun watch, you know, um, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely watch. It. I I think I've had a lot of Winona Ryder crying. And I screaming. can't do it. I don't know Winona if I can Ryder. do it. She Look, can't I cry lo- this season. I love Winona Ryder, but like she, it was a dear lot. God, give her something to do other than my boy. <clears throat> oh my God, yeah, my baby, but what's my boy? So yeah. when am I gonna see my boy? You know, what you I mean? sound like it. an Italian like I mob, sound like Winona mob, Ryder mob, in mob. Stranger Things. <laughs> What's his name again? The kid's name? God, I don't even know. I don't remember. God, I should know. She's yelled it a hundred fucking times an episode. Anyway. Mikey, Charlie, Dylan, David. I don't, I don't. Anyway. Who knows? Anyway, it's a good show. It's a good show. It's a great show. Yeah. Um, the Okay. So a few things I want to talk about. First of all, Gino is... Um, we're talking about your week too. So oh, this my is, week. This is part of your week. You started week. Keto. Oh, Jesus. The Keto Gino. Let's uh, talk about this. So why did you start Keto? I've never done Keto in my life. Okay, so you may notice my chiseled jawline. Not only does my beard look fantastic, but I don't have chins because I decided... Sure. You know, so I'm a, I'm a songwriter and an artist, uh, and I'm kicking up my artist, kicking the artist thing into gear, and I need to kind of get the artist bob back, you know, um... So I started keto. I did it a long time ago. I did it like a year and a half ago, and I got like shredded. You did it like longer ago. Maybe like two years when ago. When we were dating, for when we were first dating. I had to impress this Full one, on bamboozled. You know, I, I tricked Cut, him. abs, I everything. He finessed me. Yeah, so anyway, I got, you know, and then I never was fat, but I had, you know, a little extra. I was in my writer body. Yeah. You know, when you're a songwriter, who gives I'm behind camera a lot. I don't Well, your care. girlfriend gives a... But that's not my issue. Oh. So anyway... So I, so you see how also, this works. Let me gain fifty pounds. Yeah, but anyway, also <laughs> uh, I don't really have time to work out like I'd like to, you know, because I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much in the studio. I'm in the studio a lot, and when I'm not in the studio, I'm playing Fortnite, and <laughs> that's very physically demanding. So I don't have time to really work out. <laughs> so I needed to kind of work on a diet. And the thing about keto is, it's pretty easy. Like I'm a carnivore. Um, mm-hmm. The opposite of me. My issue is I have a sweet tooth and I love bread because I'm Italian. I grew up eating just lit. I would literally just eat bread. I would eat bread out the loaf, just butter bread, you know, like five times a day. So that's been a bit of a challenge. But yeah, I'm 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 getting I'm getting cut. You're like, you know what's what his saying? name? You keep saying I'm Italian. Like, what's his name? I'm biracial. I'm biracial. No. What's oh, his logic? Name? logic. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my quirk. We got to count down how many times you're going to say it today. So you started keto, and it's been about a week. Ten days. Ten days. How do you I'm feel? Fantastic. You look good. How long good. do you think you're going to ride it out? I'm going to do it for like one to two months, maybe, and then I'm going to kind of like slowly start eating regular-ish. Okay, so what I know about keto is that it's effective, but it's, I mean... Everything I hear basically, read or hear basically says that it's not good long term. Right. So can you kind of explain to people who don't know what keto is, like so what keto, it is keto, and why? The keto diet, it's gaining a lot of popularity. Uh, I don't really know how sustainable it is, but the basic idea of it, the reason it works is because your body is conditioned to burn carbs first as a source of energy so like you're hungry you're working out or you're just walking or you're sleeping whatever your body's burning carbs because it's just used to that you consume so many carbs and that's why when you work out it takes like 20 minutes to actually start burning fat because you've got all the carbs to work through so with keto you basically are eating no carbs it's like 20 a day and there's like you would be surprised everything has carbs in everything it. so has all you can carbs. really eat is like meat veggies fish, um, vegetables that grow above ground. So you can't do like potatoes or uh, carrots or apples. That's interesting. Even though apples do grow above ground, you can't do apples. It's like really berries for fruit. Anyway, so what happens is you consume so few carbs, your body needs energy. And the only thing there to burn is fat. So it basically conditions your body to burn fat first as a source of energy. So once you're in ketosis, that's called ketosis, your body's just burning fat. 
and you're just constantly burning fat. So as you're watching me, I'm getting skinnier as you're watching. <laughs> you can literally see the six-pack forming under my shirt. Um, cool shirt, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, that's my boy Guap Dad, uh, 4,000. Um, that's a cool guy right yeah, there. Yeah, that's my guy. He's blowing the fuck up, and he deserves it. He's a hard worker. Check out. He's all over the Dreamville album just came out, so check that out. Speaking of food, we went to Stout um, for like a lunch dinner the other day, mm-hmm. and we uh, were paying the bill, and we saw that the bill had like a tax, and then another tax, and it was called Healthy LA. And I've never seen this before. I thought it was so interesting, so I asked the waitress, I'm like, what is Healthy LA? Like, why are you charging me for tax twice? And basically she said some restaurants started doing it in LA, um, and it's helps the employers pay for people's health insurance, for the employee's health insurance, Um, which I thought was interesting because do we, like, I don't know. It's weird. I'm happy because I feel like people should have health insurance. And then, then I'm also thinking like, hey, why don't you just fucking pay it? Why do I have to pay your employee's health insurance it just makes you think like you get up and you like go to a restaurant and like you're just you want a good meal and now you're like look you're not prepared to just be like doing paying extra for someone else i mean it's like it's it was like a dollar and a half yeah it was fine it's kind but of it's the principle just, it's like yo just fucking you pay it restaurant you know instead of well also like we don't know i mean and this is something that they need to really manage like do we know that all of the money is going to their actual health insurance and there was a whole lawsuit going on in san francisco about how the employers were not submitting all of that money to health insurance companies. Right. They were actually taking a portion of it for themselves. Yeah, themselves. I don't trust no, and profit. I don't trust any so it's a little company. weird. But I, I yeah. mean, if, if this is a way that people can get health insurance that otherwise couldn't, I mean, dope. But it's just something interesting. I haven't seen it in, on uh, any other one. Apparently, it's been going on for like two years. Yeah, I don't Because so, so. I don't pay attention really when I get the bill. I just like pay it. But this time I was like, oh, what is that? Mm-hmm. Healthy LA. So uh, that was interesting. That was something we discovered. Um, what was uh, my... Uh, oh, I'm going to... Talk about my week too. Yeah, let's go. I had a lit week. Let's talk about your week. Uh, I had a session with Ricky Martin. Oh my god! Okay, you guys know I love Spanish music. Yeah. So, and I talked about how I'm not a studio bitch. I don't like to go to the studio, mm-hmm. but I should have been that day. So I should have made Ricky's my way. like the greatest. He's ever. the best. He's the greatest, uh, and he was the most humble, professional. Cool dude. And what did you do with Ricky? Just great energy. Uh, so I co-wrote a record with him and, nice. a, and another writer named Rec. Yep. Um, we were in with uh, Rafa mm-hmm. and Rob Knox, who are two incredible producers. Rob's like a legendary producer. He did like the 2020 project with Timberlake and a bunch of other people. Uh, Rafa's got like 13 Latin Grammys. Um, and yeah, so... So this might be interesting for people because so like, like you said, you're a songwriter. Right. But... Um, you have worked on a great number of Latin songs. Some of them Spanglish songs yeah. where they mix like Spanish yeah, and English, so but some just straight Latin. So how does that work? Because you don't speak Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. I speak like pequeño. Poquito mas. Wait, poquito what does that mean? Poquito Spanish. Poquito mas. I, as you can see, I speak very little <laughs> Spanish. Um, but what I would do in that kind of a situation is poquito. do melody stuff. Like conceptually, we'll kind of craft the record together. Like what... Are we talking about? Um, okay, so like what's but, the theme of the song? Yeah, okay. but like melodically, you know, um, not lyrically. If you don't know melody versus lyrics, so melodies like... Like, you know, that's the melody of Living La Vida Loca. Not to make a Ricky Martin reference, but... And then, obviously, the lyrics from that are the words. So I, in a Spanish record, I don't speak Spanish, so I would do... The melodic stuff with everybody else. Is that so? Every do how does it work for songwriters? Like when you come in, usually is the beat already ready? Is like the song ready, and you just have no, to? No, I mean usually the way I like to work, we do a ground up. So I work because I also produce. Start from the floor up. Yeah, so you know, producer will start with some chords or, or a loop or drums or mm-hmm. it, there's really no method. There's no blueprint. It's just kind of however however it works. Sometimes we'll have a concept. Sometimes someone will have a melody like, yo, I had this crazy melody that I thought it just kind of all depends. And you kind of what's beautiful about it is it's collaborative um, and there's no you never know. Like you never know what's going to happen when you show up to a session. And so that's kind of the fun part of it. And what's cool is, you know, every time you work with somebody new, it's a new combination of music that's never been created. You got, you know, like 
us five had never done a session before. So that song naturally is going to be something no one's ever heard. Yeah. Obviously, but yeah. So anyway, there's no method. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then um, what else happened this week before we get into um, it? Oh, uh, California almost split in half. Oh, my God. You guys, these earthquakes. Uh, not it. Let's talk about where we were. I think, stop it. Stop. So there's already been, I think, three. Maybe there's been more, like, smaller aftershocks, I guess. But I don't know if they've been reported. We haven't felt it. I know of the three. So on 4th of July, the first one, I haven't felt an earthquake in a while. So you kind of just, like, forget what they're like. I was getting my nails done, and... Everything just started kind of like swaying side to side. I thought someone hit the desk, the table that uh, my nails, where I was getting my nails. I was like, what is going on here? And then I saw the pendants moving and then my chair. And I'm like, wait, this is so weird because it lasted for a really long time. Yeah, it was like 45 seconds. Yeah. And then the second one, (coughs) I think I was asleep. It was four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel that one. And then the third one was yesterday. We were at dinner, and so it was crazy. We were out to eat. Oh my god, this is so crazy! Celebrating yeah. a couple of friends' birthdays, and we were talking about like aftershocks, and like we literally were talking about the earthquake. Mm-hmm. Maybe a minute before the second one hit, we were like, "Yeah, like you know, they say that they don't know if it's the foreshock or an after whatever." No one knows anything. The thing about earthquakes is interesting is nobody fucking knows anything. The, even the scientists... Yeah, they've been saying there's a big one is coming, a big one is coming for like don't 20 even years know. now. It's just like, eh. And then it happens and they're like, yeah, this is... Yeah, we told you. This is why this is happening. Yeah, so we're just kind of hoping that, you know, the, the California doesn't fall into the ocean. But to be honest, <laughs> if it does, I'm cool. We can get a new president. We can get a California president. <laughs> and uh, we can leave the dickhead to dictate <laughs> oh the my rest God. of the United States. Sorry, I won't get political. Anyway, it's so okay. that was scary though. They know which side we're on here. Dope. I'm from Detroit, and so I'm used to like snow, thunderstorms, and occasional tornado warning. All of this earthquake talk made me realize I'm so unprepared for, uh, you know, knock on wood, God forbid, a big one. I don't have anything, and I've been telling myself every time there's any kind of like small shake or they see like a natural disaster or even the fires in California. I'm like, okay, I need to get a kit ready. I need to get a kit just in case. And I never do. And I feel like this one really woke me up. Like you're supposed to have an emergency kit um, for like immediate, just the things that you need immediately or for a couple of days, God forbid, like you're stuck somewhere or there's no power. Um, and that's one in your house and one in your trunk. That's the idea is in case you get stuck in your car. I have nothing. If I'm stuck somewhere right now, like I have maybe some cereal that I can eat for a few days in my garage, but for the most part, we're, I'm pretty screwed. We need to get a bag Yeah, together. I mean, I'm going to just leave California. You, but Okay, the point that the idea is if you can't. Uh, why would I not be able Because to if it's like so bad that like the roads are damaged, um, like if you're stuck somewhere under a house, like that's if the I'm thing. If I'm stuck under a house, <laughs> I'm going to die. No, but... So- no, like if you're but under, if the no, house there's falls on no, you, like it's not like a, like a it can fall on you, help. and there's might be a little portion that you're under, and you're not even supposed to be screaming for help when they come because the debris you can inhale it, so you're supposed to have a whistle, and you're supposed to whistle for help like that. There's like this whole method to earthquakes, um, and I don't even know it. And also, I was like googling what you're supposed to do in an earthquake because remember when you were in first grade and second grade and they did an earthquake? Well, you don't, you guys probably didn't do it, but we, we had earthquake drills, this. and they make us go under the table. And even as, like, a child, I thought that was a really weird concept because, like, if the building is going down, like, so am I. But it makes sense in the, the immediate reason, shock. Well, the reason is... Well, you don't want anything to hit if you. The, if the ceiling collapses, you're going to die. Right. But if, like, something falls... Right, right, yes. It'll hit the table and not hit your head. Exactly. It prevents, so, like, you dying from a rock. So somewhere. immediately you should get under something that, like, can um, give you a little bit of protection. But as soon as it stops, you should probably leave the building and go outside. But be very careful because aftershocks can happen immediately. So you can be running down yeah. the stairs and... I was in bed when the first one hit. And they say if you're in bed, wild. you're supposed to stay in bed and cover your head with a pillow. They say don't move. Okay, good. Why well, I, I um, started recording on Instagram because I'm a social media whore. Um, right. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing well, honey. But I stayed in bed. Mm-hmm. So it did. Okay. Anything I else with good. your week? No, that's it. Uh, uh, no. Okay, so last thing I want to talk about with my week is I had a dream last night, and oh, I woke up. <laughs> 
And I woke up and I looked at him. He tried to hug me and I was like, no. Like I had like a side eye or whatever. And I basically, because you guys heard this, you know, when you dream about something and then you're just like mad at your significant other all night long. Um, I dreamt, I can't remember who broke up with who, but we broke up. And I was not happy about it. And it's my fault. And I woke up and I was. Dream me. (laughs) Broke up with dream I don't remember who broke up with who, but you were not trying to. You were like, no, can we extend this break a little longer? And I was like really upset. And I woke up and I started freaking out because I'm like, oh my God, what does this mean? So I started Googling. And most of the articles um, that talk about breakup dreams, because there's like different perspectives on it, but I'm going to read you the one that I saw the most frequent. So to dream that your boyfriend or girlfriend is breaking up with you indicates that your relationship is moving to the next level. In a way, it's an end to something. You're leaving some past behind. At the same time, it is the start of something new or better. As the relationship evolves and grows, it also changes. So, which you're so cute, bubby. Great news. So, what's interesting about that is this dream was last night, and today we had apartment tour scheduled. Mm-hmm. So, um, that really made a lot of sense. Like, we're leaving that part of our life behind, and now we're, like, evolving and trying to move in together. Because right now, we don't live together. So, and we went apartment hunting. Let's talk about apartment hunting. I'm so tired of apartment hunting. We were there. For, we did like five four, and a half four hours. Four hours, five four, hours. There's like six buildings. Two of them that yeah, weren't even on the list. It was just, just so exa- It's just exhausting. LA is ridiculous. It's but we saw so, some nice places. And it's so expensive. You forget how much it is. The apartments that we're looking at are more than like both of our parents' mortgage. I'm about to break the bank. Okay. It's a school book you saw. Um, yes, sure. Um, anyway, so yeah, very expensive, very nice. We're looking for a two-bedroom. Preferably in like the Glendale area. I'm trying to stay in Glendale because that's where my orange theory is. And he, well, I guess he likes the area. I'll be the only non-Armenian in Glendale. (laughs) That's not true. The apartments are like. Everyone thinks I'm Armenian. Yeah. I apparently look, maybe it's the slick bag wheel hair. You have an Armenian name already. the gold. Gavork Gavorkid. That's not my name. That's (laughs) That's your Armenian nickname. (laughs) Gavork Gavorkid. Gavork. So I will keep you guys updated on our apartment, I guess, journey. But we are looking and we are evolving. And it's, you know. So I'm going to be breaking up with her every night in our dreams. Oh, because we're just going to keep evolving every day. Okay, don't threaten me with a good time. So that's about it for our week. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to get into the talk-worthy segment. So again, this is where I pick a few things that happen in the media. And we kind of cover it and maybe offer a new perspective if there's one to be had. The first thing I want to say um, is not new news. We talked about it last week. But remember, you guys, Marsha Jones, who was facing manslaughter charges for being shot in the stomach and her baby dying. She was facing the charges because she didn't protect her baby. Um, well, she was the, the, drop, the case against her was dropped because obviously they realized that this is stupid. And I think they got a lot of pressure from the media and organizations um, for women's rights. So I think uh, they dropped it because they were like, oh, this is going to be bad. Alabama's going to get a lot of bad press for this. Isn't it so stupid? Uh, really? You can't like, even... I know. I have not... There's literally no combination but, but it, of words I could form to make a sense. Okay, but it's actually kind of common. To explain how stupid So when I was doing research, like women get um, charged if they're in a car accident and it was their fault, that, like it was considered reckless driving and they're pregnant. If you're drunk. And the baby dies. If you're drunk, no, but then like, yes. Like I if you weren't paying fine. attention or even if you were on your phone or whatever and your baby dies, you can face manslaughter charges because you were recklessly driving because you were on the phone. And it's happened a lot. There's a lot yeah. of women who have to deal. I mean, the argument is, the argument is if you're being reckless it, and you kill somebody else, it's the reason and in, in Alabama it would be a passing thing is because for some reason they're still living in nineteen fifty over there and they think that abortion Yeah, is no, the way they're it is. so So in their minds that is a human. So yeah. that's what they're thinking. I mean at six months it is a human, but this yeah, case but was really ridiculous. You're it was shot, like, like yeah. oh I should have like not got shot. Well she initiated a fight, but it was like okay. we're not gonna shoot. I mean, you yeah. know, don't fight when you're pregnant. You're stupid. Yeah. But, but you don't, you know, mans- you, you but the other woman, But the other woman didn't face any manslaughter charges that shot her. It was protection. I mean, can you believe this? I mean, I've never heard know, this before in my life. This is like the craziest well, thing I've ever okay, heard. Okay, here, it's a comp, this is just how stupid, <laughs> no, how stupid Alabama is. <laughs> oh my God. Because they're so bent. Do I have any listeners in Alabama? I'm so sorry. It's fine. Okay. They're so bent on gun rights. <laughs> yeah. This and is true. how important gun rights are. This is true. That they think... You're better off. You're you're the hero, and I'm not saying you're defensible. 
you're the hero for protecting yourself with the firearm as opposed to the person who was shot mm-hmm. with the baby. Neither are right. Right? Neither are right. But you can't say that that, like, it's no, just No, this, this is a good point. Ridiculous. It's true. It's true. I didn't even think they about that. They care more about... They do care more about They care more about, you know, gun a gun loss, yeah. than an unborn baby. Yeah, okay. That's that, so... All right, good point. There we go, offering new perspectives every week. Gino for president, 2020. <laughs> um, the next thing I want to talk about Wait, is... Real quick. Yes. I, I don't know if it's in your notes. Uh. And we'll take 20 seconds to talk about it. Uh, there's this girl, I don't know if you've seen it, she licked she o- opened up the ice cream pint and like licked it and put it back what on camera because she was trying to get clicks you know and from she's, a grocery store yeah, or something yeah and she's facing like 20 years in prison for <gasps> it and uh everyone's like you know she doesn't deserve 20 years yes it was gross and could have harmed you know you know what i think about that give her 20 years in prison oh my god why, you know why? <laughs> because you know what don't be an asshole. <laughs> get the fuck. Out. She, it's not like she was like 17. It's like a 28-year-old woman. Like, yo, you're an adult. Go, you know, lock them up, dude. How stupid are you? I'm, I'm a big believer in like survival of the fittest. Okay, not 20 years, but definitely no. like you can probably do like a year for that. Okay, or a few scenario. months. Like six months. Scenario. No, but the thing is if you did have like an STD got hepatitis or and hepatitis. I want to get some Ben and Jerry's half-baked and now I have hepatitis because some jamoke licked an ice cream and put it back for a hundred yeah, views true. on Instagram. Lock her up. Sometimes the the time doesn't justify the crime, though. I have to say, like this Lori Laughlin thing and how they're trying to give her how many years, Lena? Like twenty? They're trying. They're trying to give her like twenty something crazy. Like, come on! I know she paid. Oh no. no! I think she no no. Well, that's di- like no. You just, I mean, she you're paid, dumb. She, you're dumb. You paid so much money for your kids to go to school. Is who gives a shit? I mean, but yeah. still, I just like this. This is a crime justify <laughs> the time, and in that case, it's like, more I, funny for me. I just think it's funny. Like, I think, it's I think fun. this is what they should do. I think she should get punished some they sort of punishment. They should tell her she's getting 20 years. <laughs> Put her in jail for one day. But like let her serve like two. <laughs> but make her think she's serving 20. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is this like absurd. I don't know if I, I think I saw this on The Shade Room. But basically Hillary Duff posted a photo of, or a video. I didn't see it. Of her daughter getting her ears pierced. And people said that it's child abuse because the daughter's eight months old. Because she's putting holes in her daughter's ears and it's child abuse. Hmm. This is some part of America that I don't know about. Yeah. I don't know who calls Again, it. Stupid. <laughs> but, you know. I got my ears pierced when I was super young. Is this like not a... And in my culture, people get their ears pierced when they're really, really young. Yeah, I guess it's a good point. You know. And someone was like, how do you decide... Yeah, I that mean, your kid wants want their ears pierced. Also, just people why are you... so mad. Why is everybody yeah. so mad all the time? I care. Who, who, who cares? Yeah, I didn't think that was a big deal. And let's let's not like waste the energy on calling something child abuse if it isn't. Like, give that energy to real child abuse and like real problems, and not someone getting their ears pierced at eight months old because that's really not the problem. That's right. The next thing I want to talk about, and I think I sang his company right. I think so. The owner of the company is Joe Nietzsche, and it's CVT Soft Serve. You know those um ice cream trucks no so basically he's like a like a food truck like an ice cream truck and he does the soft serve and it's pretty popular these cones are like four dollars i think or three something or four dollars and he was blowing up in the media this past week because he basically called influencers gross he had he posted a hashtag and it was like influencers are gross and he's saying they're gonna and he put up a sign saying that influencers pay double because somebody, he's had enough with influencers. He basically said he's that fed up. they always ask for uh, free ice cream in exchange for promotion. Like they walk up to the truck and ask for that. And then he said that he got an email from someone who said, hey, can you um, cater to this event? It's 300 people and we just need everything for free and we'll uh, promote you. We'll basically post photos of your company and promote you. And he 
is like so fed up and so done. And he said that influencers pay double. If you even like look like you're about to take a photo with the ice cream cone, he's going to charge you six or eight dollars, whatever the double is for that cone. And he doesn't give a fuck. And people, some influencers are really pissed. I follow this influencer and she posted this whole thing about it, how she feels attacked because oh he's calling them God. gross and influencers hey. boost um, businesses and blah, blah, blah. I do agree to some extent, I don't think all influencers like ask for things for free. And I don't think that's the case for everybody. Um, and I think it's kind of like rude to say gross. Like I don't, I wouldn't, that's not the word I would use, but I think his whole thing about like, you guys need to pay double is hilarious. And I don't think people should feel offended because yeah, like that is the general, uh, request from most influencers is like, Hey, can you do this service for me? Or can you give me this product and I will promote it? And, um, that's the exchange. And sometimes it's not beneficial, especially for small businesses. Right. So I'm not mad at it. I think it's kind of funny. He blew up. He was on CNN, like all of these media outlets covered him, interviewed this. And I don't know. Yeah. I think, uh, so influencers are undoubtedly important in especially viral marketing today. Yeah, for right? sure. Um, there's been some interesting studies, though, and there was a, a recently there was an influencer who said she came forward and kind of came clean. It's like, yo, I have all these she followers. She had like a million followers and she couldn't sell. And she couldn't sell. Like, she couldn't sell like yeah. 300 t-shirts or something. So I think crazy. companies like need to be careful of that, um, just overpaying influence. It depends on the product, really. And I feel like ice cream is good for influencers because, um, and please don't be offended, ladies, but women have this weird thing where they think it's like cute to like eat pizza and ice cream and other women. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, so, like, to make like, it look like you're oh, a foodie. I'm a super skinny model, but I'm eating pizza in bed. Oh my God. Oh, I'm so silly. You like know? you had one bite and it was yeah, over. Or like, oh, I'm licking this ice cream cone. Yeah, I'm so, so hot. Like, you know, I think. It definitely would help his business, but there's this episode of South Park. I always bring up South Park because it's hilarious, uh, and they're very culturally relevant, mm -hmm. uh, where they do this thing with Yelpers, and so it's just like making fun of Yelp, and so like people will go into the restaurant like, oh, I'm actually a premier uh, Yelp user, so like you might want to you know like give me a free this, and the t it's hilarious, and so it's kind of, this is the modern day, even more advanced version of that. Where like influencers think that they deserve, and you know, in some in some cases, the exchange makes sense. Yeah. Um, I just it doesn't matter how many followers I I would have. I can't imagine myself asking for free shit. Like if it's given to me or offered, yeah. that makes sense. You get plenty. I of free could stuff. never be like walk up to a fucking truck and say, "Hey, can I have this four dollar cone for hey, free?" Uh, like me, it's four dollars. Let, let me show you. Show you. Here. Yeah. I'm and he even posted, he was like, oh, and I love when you guys tell me how many followers you have. I'm really embarrassed for you. Like, yeah. because I mean, it's you embarrassing. you should be embarrassed if you ever say Don't that to say that. And it's a $4 cone. Just buy it and go take your picture in the corner. Don't well, be obnoxious about it. A lot it. of influencers um, are broke. I know, but it's a $4 cone. No, no, no. I'm just, that just goes to show. Like, I would never even think to give a fuck about asking for a free yeah. $4 cone. Like, just how you're trying to make yeah. your business as an influencer thrive, so is the small business owner with two trucks. And they're charging $4 for ice cream cones. It's not like they're multimillionaires. And, you know, I feel this way because I have a lot of insight on, like, people who work at hotels and um, a lot of, like, high-end restaurants. And influencers ca contact them and they call them and they're like, we want all of this for free. And these are, you know, $1,200 a night's places and they want it for free in exchange for three posts. And... It doesn't make sense all the time. Like sometimes you're not our target market. Your followers are never going to spend the money here. We know right. that. And it's like for you to ask, it's one thing to be like, hey, is there like some sort of discount we can work with versus asking for five nights stay at a high-end resort for free when you're, you're not going to offer much. This is, this is not going to make this resort any type of money. Maybe just some followers. Maybe a few people will follow. But your audience more than likely is not going to come and stay at this resort. Right. So I don't know. I just um, I think you just got to choose your battles and it's an funny. ice cream cone is not one of funny. them. And I think he's hilarious. I'm going to look into this because it's yeah, so funny. He's I haven't heard about so it, funny. it great. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is this case that's been going on with a man in France. His name is Vince Lambert. And he has been on life support for about 10 years now. He had an accident 10 years ago. And um, he 
he's being fed through a tube um, and given like very light medication, but he's bedridden and he's not really like conscious. He's not on a breathing monitor, but he... Um, he doesn't really know what's going on. He can move his head side to side when you call his name and he sleeps and he wakes up like a regular sleeping pattern. But besides that, he's not really there and he hasn't been for 10 years. So basically his wife and a few of his siblings are requesting to stop feeding him for the medical staff to stop feeding him. So let, let him kind of just like pass away, basically end the life support. And his parents are, and his mom especially is highly against it. Um, she's super religious. She's Catholic. And it's been a case going on back and forth for the past few years because, um, you know, the the French courts approved it. And then the Vatican and the French church got involved and said, it's against the, like our beliefs to end someone else's life. And I don't know, I'm very conflicted with this story. You know, I don't, I can't say what's right or wrong. I can just say kind of like what I believe. You know, my grandmother, um, when she, she had an accident, when she had her accident, you know, the doctors basically told us before, like a few days in, like, oh, you guys need to sign a DNR, do not resusc- resuscitate, because, you know, she's just going to be a vegetable. She's never going to be able to talk. And um, why put, leave her in that state? And this is three days in. And if we didn't sign it, because, like, you never know, you know, and my, my outlook on this is like, you're not God. You don't know. And, you know, my grandma is bedridden and she's not always there all the time, but she's still here and she still communicates with us. And had we signed that DNR and had something happen to her and we would have lost her um, or, you know, cut off the support that she was receiving, we wouldn't have this time with her. So I'm very conflicted because I, re- I kind of do believe that it's not up to us to decide how long someone should stay alive. And this also is weird for me because there's a, a gray area with, um, it's kind of, it's, it's considered euthanasia. If he, they're cutting off his life support, they're ending, they're choosing to end his life. And that is a form of that. So what ends up happening yeah. is you let this kind of case go and you say, yes, yeah, sure. Kind of put him, uh, take him off life support, let him pass. Um, then the line gets really blurred for the well, future cases. If I'm not mistaken, that's always up to the family. If they right? s- no, so basically you have to sign a um, like if you have a will. These are some of the things that you can answer oh, in your will okay. ahead of time. Where it's like, if I'm in a vegetative state, then um, please, like you know, yeah. take me off life support. I don't want to be in a vegetative state. First of all, he never had that, but also he's on the border between being in a vegetative state and he's still responsive. Like, can he come out of it? Maybe? No, it's been 10 years. They don't think that he I can. I mean, here's my thing. Like, I, you know, I think that always should be left in the hands of the loved ones and God. Well, right? here's the problem. The loved ones are divided. Sure. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, come on. Come on. I know, but that is... So, so let me let me tell you this. 3,650 days? So one of the articles I was reading is... People have, some people have the will to, to live. Right. And they believe that if you have the will to live, you, someone, someone cannot decide when that, when that ends for you. So when they took him off of food and hydration for 31 days, usually people like die after 14, they had him on very low dosage of sedation. He stayed alive for 31 days before the courts had him put back on that. So he's pretty, pretty resilient and he is showing signs of like having the will to he's live. He's DiCaprio in the Revenant. And <laughs> it's weird too because I feel like Nobody wants to think about these things ahead of time. I don't want to have a will and be like, oh, by the way, if this ever happens to me, this is what I want my family to do. Like, I don't want to think about these kinds of things or even like right. give thought or energy. Well, here's my only, that, this is my thought and energy. If I'm in a vegetable, if I'm a vegetable for 10 years, you can let me go. Family. Now it's on camera. Okay. Now so that we know. There, there, now it's documented. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I want to, I'm going to stay, um, updated with this cause I'm really interested in, in yeah. this case in particular. And I just, hopefully he just is, you know, a miracle happens. Yeah. I'm optimistic. We never know. You are very optimistic. Mm-hmm. All right. That's about it for the talk worthy segment. And now we're going to drop into, Ooh, going to drop into dropping gems. All right. all right. We're dropping in there. All right. So, um, for the topic, 
this week. I had you as a guest because, one, I love you. And you haven't been on here yet. But two, because I felt like you were probably one of the most knowledgeable people that I know in this particular topic. Um, We're going to be talking about the music industry in regards to masters and owning your own masters. And this came to me after everything that's been going on this past week with Taylor Swift and her masters and the rights to own her work. So um, before I dive deep into that, I kind of want to talk about a little more about you. So... Babe, you are a songwriter mm-hmm. and you are an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to kind of briefly talk about how you got into that? Yeah, so um, I was an artist first and foremost. Um, kind of got into songwriting through my manager, Adam Small, who was like, yo, you should write for other people and with other people and like just create you know, stuff not for yourself because there's a lot of money in it and it's a good way to get into the industry. Um, and so that's kind of how I got into writing. Um, and so I kind of put the artist thing on hold for a minute just yeah. to like dive, dive in. And, uh, and it's been great. It's, it, was, it was a great idea strategically. Um, You've met people you yeah, wouldn't I have otherwise met. Yeah, I just got into met. rooms I would have yeah. never got into. Uh, I learned a lot about songwriting. My own music got better. Um, yeah. And so, but now I'm kind of like kicking back into artist mode and I'll still be writing for, you know, other stuff. But um, yeah, so... Uh, that's where we're at. Okay. That's where we're at. So basically, if you guys don't know what's been going on with Taylor Swift, um, she released a Tumblr post, I think last Sunday, and she basically said that um, she is devastated that Scooter Braun bought um, the rights to her masters by, I think he purchased Big Machine, that record label, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he made a deal with Scott Bruschetta, I think his name is. And he now owns all of her masters from the past, I don't know, maybe 10 years maybe. She signed he to her, a, He bought her catalog. He bought her catalog. Well, she's every, well, everything up until the point, until her new deal that she signed with, I think she's with Universal Music Group or something. Um, so she's upset because, uh, one, she wanted to own those herself, and she claims that she never got the opportunity to do so. And also because she thinks that Scooter Braun does not have her best uh, interest in mind and that he's a bully, and he's bullied her the past few years. And she kind of went on... Um, um, this little, she she just basically gave examples of how he bullied her through his clients, Kanye West and Justin Bieber. And, you know, I, I want to say, I found it very interesting. Um, I don't know, and I don't think many of us will ever know, because uh, Scooter Braun is not commenting on it, what she's referring to in regards to bullying. She just mentioned the one thing with the FaceTime with Justin Bieber and Kanye. Um, But it sucks because I feel like she had a really good message and it got lost in the entire bullying conversation of Scooter Braun. And we kind of totally forgot about Scott Bruschetta and we really forgot about the fact that she wants to own her own work and what that even means for an artist of this caliber. We forgot about all of that because we were focused on how Scooter Braun maybe bullied her. So I want to, I'm not going to dive too deep into that because we don't know and I'm not going to point fingers and I think that um, it's just kind of old news at this point. I want to focus on what it means to own your own masters, what masters even are, because I, I don't think a lot of people even understand the behind the scenes of the music industry. And kind of how you can take the proper steps to put yourself in a better position as an artist so you don't have to deal with maybe situations like this in your future. Um, So what's a master? (laughs) So let's start off by saying uh, music's confusing. Very confusing. People in music don't really even know, most people, uh, the ins and outs of the industry. Um, but basically in short form, the, the master is the original recording and copyright of a song. So, you know, if I record a song, it's, I, I own the copyright and I can literally do whatever I want with it. That's, you own the license. You can license out the record. So who gets to own the It's confusing. Uh So... When you're an independent artist, usually you own it. Okay. But it can get tricky because let's say I do a song with a producer, you know, who's a pretty established producer. You know, he may have the right to the master 
Because mm-hmm. let's say, you know, I did it at his place or mm-hmm. I did it at this studio. The studio could own the master because they've paid for the equipment and the means to do it. Mm. It, it, it gets, it's blur, it's blurry. Um, but, you know, or you can, usually the way it'll work is you can split the master with the producer. If you do it together, like 50-50, you guys own the master. It, it's, there's no, the thing is so there's in no. Her, so in her case, it's, it's the record label. Well, in her case, she got so signed. the way labels usually work, most labels, and once again, every deal's different. Yeah. So I don't know the ins and outs of her deal. Every deal can be structured differently. It literally is a kajillion different scenarios. But the way the industry usually works and worked more so because it's starting to change is when a label signs you, they're purchasing your master. Mm-hmm. They're basically saying, all right, we're going to give you X amount of money as an advance. We're going to give you a budget, which is going to fund your studio time, uh, the advance for production, we're going to buy records from the producers who own the masters. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to buy, you know, we're going to pay for your video. We're going to pay for your tour. We're going to pay for your, maybe your merch. Um, and we're going to give you all this money. We're going to invest all this money in you. And in return, we're going to own the music. Okay. Because what they do with that music, I mean, that's how they make all their money back. Yeah. They make the money in royalties mm-hmm. from mechanical sales. They can license it out for different things. Movies, shows, that kind of stuff. But that's also publishing. Uh-huh. So there's publishing and there's mechanical master revenue. So publishing is a whole different world. So publishing is the actual copyright of the music, like the lyrics, the melody, the beat. And that means that's for songwriters and the that's producers. For songwriters, producers. Yeah. yeah. So like... So she probably owns her publishing. So if she co-wrote the record... Then she would have some publishing. And she does have publishing. She's still making money off of... But the actual masters and all of that is owned by the record labels. Yeah. So usually when artists sign a deal like this, if they're a new artist, for the most part, record labels usually just own the masters. But sometimes if you're established or you've had, you know, a hit or, you know, if you have leverage... You want to create leverage. Yeah. And so it's tough because, you know, if you're... A, a aspiring artist and you and you aren't in the industry and you don't have a crazy amount of buzz or you want to just maximize you know what you have already you know you it, end you up signing deals like it might be worth it because you know it's better to own a portion you, yeah, of something than on. all of nothing you know and i think there's a lot of people who are like i'm going to own my masters i'm never selling my masters and it's like okay well, are you gonna pay for all this? Right, you, are you gonna are fund you gonna the whole get thing? Popping, you, you know how promotion, much you're gonna get it on radio. Do you right. know how much it is to go to radio? It's you don't just wow, this song's hot. We're gonna put it on radio. No, right. There's major money that goes behind promotion. There's whole divisions and labels that go behind promotion. So I don't know anything about the Taylor and Scooter mm-hmm. deal, um, so I won't comment on that. But you know. You could argue the la- you know, would have Taylor been as big without the label? Right. And the label saying, well, you know, and that's why you sign away your masters when you're young. Now, some people, you know, Nipsey was famous for owning his masters, and he grinded. I mean, he. It's tough to do it that way. I mean, he was underground for years yeah, and years yeah. and years and years. You know, um, you know, every deal's different, so. I might go into, for example, for me, you know, I'm not going to get into the the makings of what deals I'm talking about doing for myself with labels, but I might say I want to do a split in terms of this, or I want to try to own my masters and see what I can get. I'm less concerned with the push and more concerned. There's a million different scenarios. And what's happening today is a lot of artists are like, I'm not signing away my masters. So either you're going to sign me and give me my masters I'm going to go to Sony. I'm going to go to here. I'm going to, because they'll give it to me. I'll get mm-hmm. it. If you're popping enough and you have the leverage, you can work that in. So I think, so what we're learning here is basically the people who tend to struggle in the situation of like owning your masters or I, I mean, lack of the word fucked are people who are kind of in a situation where they're maybe desperate or um, I guess we consider a starving artist, right? Like yeah. someone who just needs some sort of like foundation yeah. and a push behind them. And it's almost like you're willing to do that. So right. um, this is probably the 
I don't know. I, I, I think that like you almost had a situation like the situation like this. Like I think that if you weren't in a place of um, right, being a songwriter and having these connections and first signing your pub, de- pub deal, right. you could have ended up in a situation where. Oh, yeah. I mean, all of your I work would have been. I used to drive owned. Uber and like I was broke as shit. And if a label offered me, hey, here's 200 grand up front and we're going to. Then yeah, I'm gonna own fucking, the rest and of take your take my masters yeah. and t- so the way it works too is, it's only they only own your copyright within the length of the deal usually. So mm-hmm. if it's a three year deal or a three album deal, they only own that. And then once you're out the deal, you know, but they own that copyright either forever or unless there's terms a reversion period. Mm-hmm. So some deals, if you work it out right, if you have a good enough lawyer and you know what you're doing, you might say, all right. I have a 10-year reversion period on the rights to my master's. So in 10 years, the master's revert back to me. I mean, there's literally a million scenarios. I wonder what kind of like uh, deal she signed because it, she was 15 and it's been, I don't know, 14 years. I don't know how long it's been. Yeah. And they still own her master's. I mean, and, know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, and that's just crazy. So, so from this um, scenario, and I guess from many that I've heard, it always just kind of seems like the label... Uh, is the bad guy. Like, the business side of the industry is, like, the bad guy, and they take from these artists. Um, it's funny. I, uh, so I'm a, I was a marketing major. Like I come from a, I have a business state of mind. I think business, you know. Um, so it's funny, because as a creative, the creatives, we all bitch about certain things, because the label's corporate, and they're thinking business, and they're thinking this. And, yeah, there's definitely scenarios where the label is the bad guy, uh, but labels are great. Also, like labels, you know, they throw money behind you. Yeah. They, and they ta- they're taking risks. Yeah, they take risks. I mean, kind of. If, if it doesn't work, they don't really... They take short risks. They don't take risks for very long. Right, right, um, right. But, but they'll throw a million dollars at a contract, yeah. and what if it doesn't go anywhere? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know... What if the artist There's a million... Never- there's so many... There's good... There's horror stories and good stories with every label. You ask anybody... Yo, what do you think about Atlantic? You know, there's gonna be people who are like, "Oh, fuck them!" Da 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 da. And there's gonna be people like, "Yeah, they're they're great. I'm mm-hmm. killing it." You know, and every situation is different. Every art is different. There's different A and R's. There's different people that work there. There's different people behind different artists. There's different teams. Um, there's definitely scenarios where they're the bad guy, but I think, you know, it's not fair. I think you need to do your part as an artist too, which is like really believe in yourself and know your worth and, you know, go back and, and fight. If you really, first of all, look through those contracts. Get a lawyer. Oh my God, pay get a, a lawyer. lawyer. And if you don't have the money, like try to find one that will work pro bono and pay a them later. Work, well, a lot of, yeah, a lot of entertainment lawyers work on, you know, the yeah. 5% of the deal. And yeah. That's, that's, I know many. If you need one, holler at me. I I'm sure, but like get yeah. a lawyer. Don't like try to cut corners when it comes to that contract because there's going to be shit in there you don't understand. It doesn't matter if you trust someone at the label and they're like telling you what it's going to be. You yeah. just need someone to. Something you need to know about labels is that every label is a business. Yeah. So Most no things matter in life what, are a business. With every artist, you're a product. And... There's a spreadsheet for every artist with, you know, a hundred different X, Y axis things. And if you're not green in the total, if you're not in the green after a while, if you're not profitable, yeah. what is a company supposed to do? You know, it's, it's unfortunate, um, but if it doesn't... You just got to remember you're a product. Yeah. And you are an artist. And so for you, you know, you need to think of in terms of I'm an artist and I have my best interest in heart. And my immediate team has my best interest in heart. And a label is the bank. And they have my best interest at heart as long as I'm making them money. Yeah. And not being a giant pain in the ass. <laughs> you know, so... Just know that. The reason you want to own your masters is because you can do whatever you want with them. Like right now, I can drop a song on iTunes today. I can go and do no a music video. And no one will tell you anything because you're not owed to feature, anybody. Yeah. I can go feature on somebody else's music. Mm-hmm. But when you sign away, you know, your masters. So it owns your masters. A label 
can kind of do whatever they want with it. Like if they want to, you know, have it be the theme song to I Hate Puppies oh my God. TV show. That's horrible. And now you're the guy they that might, hates they puppies. Might, I mean, they might be like, hey, are you cool with this? But they might not. They might just be like, well, we're going to do it because we own your master. So, you know, that's, that's all I got to say about that. I think you gave some good advice for up and coming That's all women. you get for free. That's all you get for free. Okay, well, thank you for... Um, <laughs> not you, but the oh. listener. Yeah, I know. That's not all I get you know, for free. I charge hey. 2000 an hour Okay. for consultations. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Starring Milana. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast app, make sure to follow, subscribe, comment, all the good stuff. And where can they find you? At Gino the Ghost. G-I-N-O, the ghost. All right. On and, everything. And if you guys have any more questions for him, just hit him up on social media. I'm sure he'll be nice enough to answer. But that's all you're going to do. Don't try to DM him, okay? Um, and that's all. Thank you guys for listening. Price went up again, dummies. <laughs>